Thank you for choosing Weekly Politics as your podcast today. Today we're going to talk mainly about uh, COVID-19, which is the worst virus outbreak that's happened in a very long time. I would dare to say that's the worst one that's happened since 1911, the the flu outbreak of then. And we're going to talk about mainly... um, the reaction of the world and how the Democrats want to follow what the world is doing versus what the right wants to do, which is a more open, more free version of containing the virus. So to start this all off, let's just talk about, like, recap real quickly, how this virus came into being. So there was some question for a very long period of time. There were many people who said that the virus was manufactured in a um, lab in China, like purposely manufactured as a chemical weapon, and a um, prototype of the virus was able to get out. Obviously, since it's a prototype, it wouldn't be near as deadly as the final version would be. Uh, I'm going to say real quickly that that's wrong. The virus was not manufactured in a laboratory. It is a natural thing. And the, the, the way the virus, what I believe the way the virus came into being, is that I believe that um, there are health facilities that look into vir- a viro- virology. And what they do is they contain animals that have a virus that isn't common in people. And they figure out how to make vaccines and stuff like that to prevent the virus from spreading to people. I believe that there there is a um, lab actually that does that in Wuhan, where this all started. And uh, what I believe happened is uh, a lab worker there was researching the virus, obviously. He was working on it and he got infected with, and that infection wasn't caught. So after his job, he went to a fish market, which was only only a couple miles away. So he, pro- he probably just could have walked there even. And as he was walking over there, he spread it to people. Uh, at the fish market, he picked up fish, ate fish there. That spread it to people. Um, so the question is, is China really to blame for this? And a quick answer that yes, China's to blame for the coronavirus as of right now. And the reasoning behind this is because China didn't tell the world about the coronavirus, really. Obviously, um, world leaders knew that there was a virus going on there. But China didn't give them correct numbers. So the world didn't know how bad or how fast, I should say, how fast it could spread. The death rate of the coronavirus isn't near as bad as what people say it is. I can explain that a little more later. So, the instant this virus starts spreading to other parts of the world, for example, Europe, it spread to Europe very quickly, probably because a lot of Europeans and Chinese people travel in between through planes or, yeah. So, Italy. Italy was the, had the most coronavirus cases in the world for a short period of time at the beginning. And then, obviously, as we saw later, the United States came in first for cases i'm not sure about death rate not sure about that yet so italy's response was okay we're gonna lock everything down we're going to 
mandate masks. We're pretty much going to do absolutely everything that you'd do in a zombie apocalypse. No one can leave their home unless they have to. Economy closed, mask mandates, all that kind of stuff. And let's, <laughs> let's first ever Sweden, what Sweden did first. Sweden did is just like, oh yeah, guys, there's a virus going on. I bet if we just acted normal and left the economy open, everything's going to be just fine. Well, Sweden was fine for a very long period of time because no one was traveling to Sweden. Um, as we saw later, Sweden kind of blew up. They had a bunch of cases perk up. And if we compare Sweden's response versus Italy's, Italy's seems to have worked better. And the reason why is because Italy closed their borders and treated their country like an island. Literally locked... Ev well, I shouldn't say lock everything down. That's that's true, but that's not a good idea. You shouldn't lock the economy down. That That's one thing they did that was bad. But they did lock the borders down. That's a good thing. Sweden didn't, which is unfortunate. Um, Trump's response to coronavirus is quite interesting. It changed over time, obviously, because his advisors gave him different advice, and they even changed their minds. <laughs> Fauci, for example. We'll talk about that next, but... Uh, Trump, first thing Trump did was he shut travel down from Wuhan specifically. The instant he did that, he got called xenophobic and then he cut travel from China because the virus is spreading all over China then. And then Nancy Pelosi, this is, this happened during the impeachment, by the way, the impeachment trials and yeah, all that nonsense. So Nancy Pelosi went to Chinatown in California and walked around in the streets and said, there's nothing dangerous here. Well, yeah, of course, that's Chinatown. Trump said the, uh, the virus is spreading in China, not Chinatown. I don't understand some people. It's kind of weird. So, as I said earlier, the advisors changed their minds. Fauci, we're going to start with Anthony Fauci. He said that masks don't work. You see people touching their mask all, all over the place and... All that kind of stuff. It, it just doesn't work. Yeah, well, those are his words. Later on, he says that we need to wear masks. And, and now he's even saying we need to wear two masks. Like, what? So who do I believe? Do I believe Fauci or Fauci? Yeah, do I do I believe the first Fauci or the second Fauci? <laughs> well, I, I actually believe the first one. And the reason why is because after Dr. Fauci told us that we need to wear masks... Uh, he went to a baseball game. Uh, there's, the baseball game had no um, fans because economy was pretty much closed at that time. So he went to the baseball game and he threw the first pitch and he had a mask on when he threw the pitch. But then he's sitting in the stands talking to two people next to him and the two people next to him were wearing masks, but he had taken his mask off. So for some reason, Dr. Fauci thought that it was okay to go onto the field with his mask on, throw the ball, and then go up into the stands where he was sitting with whoever he came to the game with, and take or whoever was invited to the game with him, I should say, and take his mask off when he thinks the cameras are not looking at him. Why? Why? Well, it's just confusing. I don't understand why some people do that. They say that this works, but then they prove themselves wrong by their actions. I don't believe Fauci. Masks don't work. 
That's a fact. And the reason why is because of what he said in the first part. The reason why is because people touch them all over the place. That's why. You, they touch their mask. They don't change their mask. They don't wash their hands very often. All that stuff. And if they didn't do any of that and they wore their masks 100% correctly, everyone would have to be wearing a mask too. That would only make the mask 67% uh, 67% accurate. I should say accurate at stopping the virus from passing through. So masks don't work, and Dr. Fauci himself proved it. So if you're if you're sick and you have COVID, um, no matter how you got the COVID, you're sick and you're probably going to die. Unfortunately, that is the truth for some people. There's very little that we can do, or that doctors, I should say, can do to help. They can treat you with, I can, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't say this, but I don't know, 100% what they can treat you with. Uh, I had an unknown virus, in the December of 29, no, yeah, December of 2019, and I was really sick from it, and I got treated for a cold. I didn't get better. I actually got worse. And we went to a doctor. We got tested again. And again, they said, well, I just have a weird virus of some sort. And then they treated me with some steroid of some type. I don't know exactly what it was. And I got better pretty quickly. I think it was two days later, I was feeling good enough to go to school again. So I probably had COVID then. And it was pretty bad. It, yeah, I, I wasn't as... I wasn't as sick as some people were with COVID, as some people can get to. So ventilators, what I'm trying to get here is ventilators. Um, New York, the governor of New York, Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, said that he needed 80,000 ventilators to save the people from the coronavirus and to help them live longer, at least. Well, that that's not how this works, because I think it's 87% of the time, when you're put on a ventilator, you're going to die. And I'm talking about with just COVID, just COVID here. That's not true with other stuff, but just COVID. And the reason why is because when you have COVID and it's hard for you to breathe that you need, or that um, Cuomo thought you would need to be put on a ventilator, it will help you breathe. But once you're taken off of it, you, you pretty much forget how. Not 100%, just a little bit. So you die. Your lungs stop functioning fully. And speaking of Cuomo, um, the nursing home scandal. I'm just curious where that's going, because that's a that's a pretty unfortunate thing, if if it is in fact true. So tightening restrictions instead of loosening them. Uh, we see Andrew Cuomo doing that. His restrictions on COVID to try to stop cor uh, the coronavirus is tightening. He still has the economy closed. He wants you to wear. He's claims that he's going to ask residents to wear two masks. I believe the governor of California did the same thing. They claim that they're going to try to make the residents wear two masks in open spaces, which is unfortunate. Their economies are closed. Their schools are closed. I have a cousin in California. Uh, I believe I said this last time. And when she came here to visit from California, she she was telling us about her school, and 
she says it's it's kind of dumb because you're locked up pretty much at your house you have to do all of your online school and you it, you can't how do i say this it's harder to learn from home if your teacher is not at home with you it's harder for you to learn that stuff that you're being taught than it is if you were at school learning it um, i was homeschooled for eight years it was easy for me to learn stuff because my teacher was at home my teacher was my mom my cousin's teacher is not her mom she learns all that stuff from online so it's a whole lot harder for her to learn than if she were at school so we should not we should not keep the schools closed we um, i live in a uh, very nice free area <laughs> that has uh, open schools so i go to school i am physically present at my school and our public schools in this area they do have mask mandates but our state doesn't so it's they could get rid of them, I guess. Private schools mostly don't have mask mandates. Um, mine doesn't. So, speaking of private schools, many private schools are open while public schools are not. And the reasoning behind, or I shouldn't say the reasoning, I should say an excuse that's being made up is public schools are not open because, according to Democrats, because they're not funded enough. Well, this isn't true. You literally open the door to a school and say, here you go, come on in. That's all you need to do to open a school. You don't need funding or anything like that. I don't know why people make this stuff up. It's, it's not very smart because your kids are literally sitting at home attempting to learn stuff online. And they're getting dumber because they don't have their teachers at home with them to help them. So it's harder for them to learn. And you don't... Nancy Pelosi said this. I saw a video of it. She said that the key to opening schools is saying, open Biden. Like, you know, open Sesame, open Biden. Oh, no. <laughs> the key to opening schools is unlocking the door, opening the door, and letting children through. You don't need money to do that. They are funded by taxpayer dollars, which makes them more well-off than these most private schools, as in high schools and um, middle schools. So they don't need funding. They have the funding. They just don't want to. And to prove this, teacher unions, they are they're, they're for closing schools. They're for mostly for schools who are closed. There's a picture taken and an article written on it, too, by the, the Epoch Times. I get most of my news from them, by the way, guys. It's a great news station. If you ever want to go look at unbiased news or conservative news in, in their opinion section, then the Epoch, Epoch Times, is a, it's a great news, uh, news organization. Anyway, this teacher, she, she's against opening schools, but she's caught. There's a picture taken of her walking her son to a private school. She's just a hypocrite. Like, you can't... I'm sorry. I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. Why do people do that? They're... You know, I think what we should do with people who are this hypocritical, just cut them off, fire them. 
We should cancel them. How about that? We should cancel everyone who's like this. <laughs> no, actually, we shouldn't. I, I don't like cancel culture. I said that in my last episode. I'm going to say it again. I hate cancel culture. It's not biblical. It's like communism. And I hate communism just as much as I hate cancel culture. So is Biden doing the right thing? Biden, Joseph Robinette, Biden Jr. Who increased restrictions on Europe, decreased border security, and rejoined the World Health Organization. Or who? So the European restrictions. I said this last episode. I'm going to say it again. I'm repeating myself a little bit from last episode. But the, the European restrictions is just him being hypocritical because he... Loosened security a, a whole lot on the southern border, but he increased travel restrictions on Europe. It's it's just being him being his normal hypocritical self. It's annoying, but I do have to agree with him here. I do like the travel ban or travel restrictions on Europe. And my reason is, which I'll talk more about next in a second here, but my reason is because... We have to treat our country like an island, not with each other, more with the rest of the world. So travel restrictions are good. I like travel restrictions between countries. It stops the spread around the world and keeps it contained into one specific area. So the European restrictions I'm okay with, and I he has a couple other travel restrictions, but he also got rid of some. The ones he got rid of I don't like. For example, he got rid of the travel ban on the Middle East countries. And as of right now, I don't like that. I can also talk about that later too, more. But as of right now, I don't like that. And he rejoined the World Health Organization. Or who? And his reason is because if we all work together in unity, then the world will be a better place and we can stop things before they happen. Well, that's not true. You remember the beginning of COVID? This is hard this is going to be hard for you to understand or hard for you to take in but democrats actually downplayed the coronavirus first they said oh it isn't a big deal this and this didn't happen you're fine and the reason why is because the world health organization did that so the world health organization lied to us so why should we Join them when they lied to us. No absolute reason. So the the best way to stop this coronavirus from spreading throughout the United States is it's already all the, all over the place. So we have to accept that. The coronavirus is here. It will probably always be here in one form or another. The only thing we can do is hope to bring it down a couple levels. You know, kind of like the flu. The flu is here, always will be here, whether it's really bad or not. Depends on what type of flu. So islands, talk about Taiwan real quick. Taiwan, New Zealand, Australia, Prince Edward's Island in Canada, actually. All of those countries are islands. Every single, or Prince Edward Island isn't a country, but it's in Canada and it is an island with a tiny population. Anyways, all these islands are doing really well at containing the coronavirus. And the reason why is because they are islands. Since they are islands, they can lock themselves out of the world. They can stop international travel with boats airlines they can 
uh, they can allow their specific states. For example, Australia has four states. They can allow those states to make their own restrictions, things like that. It's it works really well. They can limit trade over certain things, which I'm not always one hundred percent for, but sometimes they do work. So since islands are doing the best, we should treat nations that aren't islands like islands. So the United States of America, or our obviously our beautiful country, God's country. God's country or America needs to be treated like an island. We have waters on two sides, two sides, and we have one state that's an island. So we're doing pretty good already, I should say that. But we need to split our country into seven sectors. Each sector has around an average of eh, seven states in them. Each of those seven states have the manufacture or their each of those seven states are adjacent to each other, I should say. So they're all connected. And they have the manufacturing ability and money to support each other economically. So each sector can survive on its own without trading with another sector, if need be. Now trade between the sectors, or I'm going to call them provinces, seven COVID provinces of the United States, would be allowed unless the coronavirus gets worse. And the seven sectors, each sector will be able to make their own laws, kind of like a state. So each state will have their own representative, and they will be able to vote on their own laws and mandates over the coronavirus, which is what everyone should be doing. Actually, America should do that. <laughs> um, once two sectors have stabilized the coronavirus, travel between those two sectors would be allowed. And the, the United States should stay like this until all seven sectors have been stabilized. That is how we should stop coronavirus. The way we're doing it right now is a horrible way. Like, we're locking down, we're going back up, we're going back down, we're going back up, and it's doing nothing. We're not getting anything done because we're not working together. You can't have 200 people work together to lift a single piano. Why? Because a single piano is small. You can't fit 200 in there. You need seven at most to lift that piano the best. So that was a metaphor. Let me try to rephrase it. If you're working outside planting a small garden, how many people do you think can fit in that area of that small garden? Probably about five. So if you have five people working on that garden, that garden will get done like that super fast but now imagine you have 300 okay let's not do 300 let's do 30 neighbors and all those neighbors want to help you and you're such a kind and generous human being so you're going to let all 30 neighbors help you in your tiny little garden well they're not going to fit in there and very little is going to get done and what does get done is going to happen very very slowly so the 200 some nations in the world health organization are getting nothing done the seven sectors that we should have in the United States would get a lot done. That's how this should work. So, I, I'm sorry for the person who suggested this last time, but I forgot to go over one last thing. Um, a friend of mine suggested that I talk about should Arab nations have restrictions? And I mentioned this earlier. For coronavirus, yes. 
Uh, I believe that restrictions for all, I don't think any country should be able to travel to the United States as of right now because of COVID. Um, but he's talking about pre-COVID when Trump made those era uh, bans. And my answer is a little bit mixed because the, the reasoning Trump had behind his idea was really good. He wanted to stop terrorism from entering the United States, and I admire that. That's a wonderful idea. The problem is that terrorism still got in through other ways. For example, if you transported yourself to Mexico and you illegally entered through the Mexican border, there would be one way. So they're obviously able to find loopholes, and proof that they could find loopholes is seven Arabian illegal immigrants were arrested and deported not too long ago. And I say illegal because they were here from Arab after the travel bans were made. So they're here illegally, obviously. So they still got in. I'm not sure how yet. They might have overstayed a visa that they had beforehand and we just didn't know it, maybe. Otherwise, I'm not entirely sure. So to answer your question, should Arab uh, countries have these travel bans after COVID, I'm going to say some of them. Some of these Arabian countries should have travel bans. For example, I don't think we should let any Iranians in or any Saudi Arabians in. First, start with Saudi Arabians. Um, Saudi Arabia has the third... Wait. Let me, let me look this up again to um, make sure I'm saying this correctly. Uh, I believe Saudi Arabia has the third largest defense budget. Um, um, I think they're right in front of the Russia. So, with defense spending total seven hundred and thirty-two billion U.S. dollars, okay. So the United States is obviously first, seven hundred and thirty-two billion dollars. That's pretty. That's yeah. That's that's a lot. Um. Um, Saudi Arabia is a 61.9 billion. Not sure where that ranks them, though. Okay, so China is ranked second. Oil military. Um. Yeah, so it does look like that. Uh, Saudi Arabia has the third largest military, which is quite interesting. And we're not very good friends with Saudi Arabia, so no, we should not let Saudi Arabians in when they have the third largest defense budget in the world. It still is significantly less than ours, but if they were to focus all of that money on just us, we're, <laughs> they can take us down from the inside. It's kind of scary to think about sometimes. So, for Saudi Arabia and Iran, I would say no. For Iraq, if you've never been to prison, an Iraqi prison, or you've never been considered a... Uh, how do I say this? If you've never been to an Iraqi prison for more than five years, then yes, you should be let in. But if you have, then no. And if you're obviously that we don't let suspected terrorists in anyway, but if you're not, if you're a suspected terrorist, 
then no, you can't come in, period. Don't care what your excuse is. Um, if you're from Jordan, or, yeah, we'll just say Jordan for now. There's some other Middle Eastern countries that have some conflicts going on. I don't even think they'd want to go to the United States, though. Even if it was for terrorist reasons, they wouldn't want to. So, Jordan, I would say, the country of Jordan, no. No, we shouldn't restrict them. It's a very... Jordan's a very sad country, religiously speaking. But they don't have terrorist power, if you know what I'm saying. They don't have a terrorist military like other larger Middle Eastern countries. So, there's the answer to your question. And, put this simply... Oh, what do you guys want me to talk about next time? I have a couple ideas. Uh, I could talk purely on military. I have a very large I, um, outline for that. Um, I could talk Space Force, so I can split the military down into just talk about Space Force or just talk about a different area of the military. I could even go into the technology of the military if you'd like me to. But, yeah, I could if you want. Or I can go and talk about how we need to treat other countries, putting COVID aside. You guys can decide. You can email me at rvbtwitter at, sorry, let me say it slower, rvbtwitter at gmail.com. You can email me questions or you can email me suggestions through there. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please let me know on a scale of 1 to 10 how well I did on this one. You can email me that through the same email, rvbtwitter at gmail.com. That is my podcast email. And I'll see, or, well, I won't see you guys. I'll hear from you guys next time, which will be sometime next week, most likely Friday or Saturday, probably Saturday. See y'all later. Adios.